You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Father, we welcome you. We appreciate you because you're already here with us. Thank you because your word says you inhabit the praises of your people. As we have praised you today, we know for sure that you are here. Lord God, wherever you are, what you always do, Lord, do in our midst, we pray today. In the name of Jesus Christ, let your word come with power, with clarity. Lord God, shape us by your word. Prune us by your word. Let your word challenge us. Let your word make us into what you want us to be in the name of Jesus Christ and indeed Lord will pray teach us to pray teach us to pray Baba in the name of Jesus Christ that we will be a people who will do exploits in prayer by prayer in the name of Jesus for the glory of your name in Jesus mighty name we have prayed put your hands together for yourselves thank you for coming we appreciate you we celebrate you for coming in week in week out we know that the lord is doing great and mighty things with you and through you we encourage you to keep coming don't come alone invite others to join you we need to raise an army of people who pray an army of people who pray is an army of people who will do exploits there is no doing exploits in the kingdom until you have learned to use the weapon called prayer one of the paraphernalia of victory of those who live the victorious life is prayer 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 you know growing up you know they will they will say words like prayer is that stuff with which a believer walks with the lord without prayer we are not going far you can't say you are a christian you are a child of god but you don't like to pray or you think you don't need to pray brother sister don't limit yourself without prayer our our christian lives will be empty it will be devoid of power of power the kingdom of god is not just in talking it's not about what we say if there is no power then we are not different from every other world view on the surface of the earth why we are different because we have the living god inside of us with his power upon our lives and that's what makes us different and how do you stir up that power one of the greatest ways of stirring up that power is through the instrumentality of prayer and that's why it is important highly important that we begin to to teach one another about the place of prayer early in the year early in the year we started this series uh, called let us pray we started it in january we began the first topic uh, last week titled teach us to pray we ran out of time we were not able to finish it so by the grace of god before i go into the topic of today which is why pray why should we pray i'll, I'll just like to quickly finish up with last week's topic where we're speaking about teach us to pray i I started off um, on one point of the attributes of effective prayer last week called humility the bible says the fervent effectual prayer of the righteous avails much that is when a righteous person prays there is something that is brought about is a lot of energy a lot of energy if i need to explain it in a physical terms it's talking about energy you deploy energy when we pray you see when we pray things happen in, in the spiritual space but those things that happen in the spiritual space they have a kind of corresponding 
outcome in the physical. That's why you stand here and pray and somebody who is sick gets healed. What do you think really happened? There is a field that you cannot see. You know, in science, we call it electromagnetic field. We call it, you know, a gravitational field. We call it electric field or whatever else you call it. There is something that happens when we pray. It's a field that we generate. A field of the Holy Ghost is being generated. Don't ask me for the formula. It defies physical logic. That is why it's called a miracle. When we pray, things happen. Blind eyes open. Why? Something is being worked in the physical as something is happening in the spiritual. So when we pray, things happen. But it is not all prayers that are effective. There is a way we pray that we get results. Effective means that it gets results. There is a way we pray that we don't get results. And it, all of this has happened to all of us. There are times we pray we get results. We don't know why we get results. There are times we pray we don't get results. We don't know why we don't get results. So... I want to just talk about, there are a lot of attributes of prayer, but we are limited because of this platform and because of the demography that we are, we are really addressing. Uh, by the grace of God, God has sent us to young people, teenagers, and those who are older than teenagers, those um, who are slightly uh, elderly but not so old, people who are still hungry for God, people who are youthful at heart. Whether you are single, you are married, you are, you are in a university, you are in secondary school, you are newly married, this kind of messages are for you. It's for youth. It's for youth. It is in the day of our youth we should understand the place of prayer more because there's a lot more we can accomplish when we see our physical strength. Because there are times that you, you need that physical strength in the place of prayer. There are things that I want to do today. And I'm not, I'm not old yet. I'm, I'm young. I'm still very youthful. In my mind, I'm still so youthful. So there are things I want to do today that I can no longer do. But I watch my children do it. And I wonder, oh, I wish I could do that too. That is telling me that there will come a time that I will be much older than this. That there will be things that I would love to do that I will not be able to do. Same applies to you. So in the place of prayer, there is a place of exerting some physical strength. And that's why we have brought this early. Well, number one attribute we started with last week is called humility. You know, I remember I was making an illustration where Jesus was, was talking about two kinds of people. The, the Pharisee who was who was blabbing and boasting. Lord God, you know me, I'm a good guy. I'm a fantastic guy. I fast weekly, I pay my tithe. I'm not like that bloody sinner, that publican, that guy who just does anyhow, who dresses anyhow, who speaks anyhow. You know, and the Bible just quickly reflected. It's like moving the camera from one person and moving to to another person and the camera moved to another person looking at the public and about jesus said this man was so 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 humble you know he, he felt so unworthy that he could not even look up he was just smiting his chest and say lord have mercy on me a sinner have mercy on me a sinner the bible says who do you think went home justified between these two god is looking out for humility in your prayer is looking out for humility in your prayer. No matter who you are, the Bible says that man acknowledged that he was a sinner. Even if you are a sinner, God is looking out for humility. You see, there's one, there's one king in scriptures. I don't know if you know about the king Manasseh. The Bible described him as one of the worst kings. One of the worst kings of Israel. You know, when we think of bad kings in Israel, we think about Ahab. We think about Manasseh. Manasseh was totally evil. And God, of course, sent a prophet to him and said, Guy, I'm going to destroy you. You have done too much evil. I'm going to finish you. The Bible says, when Manasseh repented and prayed, God heard. Hello? 
God heard him. Even though he has done many bad things, he had a reputation for being such a bad king. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Second uh, Chronicles. Second Chronicles, um, I'm going to read chapter 33. Second Chronicles chapter 33, I'm going to read from verse 10. The Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. They will not listen. Therefore, the Lord brought upon the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh with hook and bound him with bronze fetters and carried him up to Babylon. You see, God had been warning him and his people. They did not listen. So God brought upon judgment on the head of Manasseh. The Bible said they took him with the hook. Imagine a king taking with hook, hook, hook. They could not even carry him with dignity. The Bible said they took him with hook, made him a prisoner and took him to Babylon. They bound him with bronze fetters. But listen to verse 12. Verse 12 is my emphasis. The Bible says, now when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord is God. Implored him. Lord is God means that he begged God. He was begging, begging. He implored the Lord is God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed to him. And he received his entreaty. That is, God received his entreaty, heard his supplications, and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew. That the Lord was God. When somebody who was that bad, God was not threatening him. God had already brought the judgment on his head. So this was not a case of, I will do it, uh, oh, God, I will now pray, God will not. God had already done what he said he was going to do to him. But the man understood something. I don't know who taught him to say there is something that, that God loves. God, God, I don't know if I can say it. God seems not to be able to resist those who are humble before him when you humble yourself in prayer it does not matter where you are the bible says he was already inside the affliction god had pronounced the judgment the judgment has started happening but he came to his senses and said lord i'm sorry he humbled himself when you come to god with a prayer in a mind that is humble god listens God listens. So it amazes me how we come to God and we feel we can come and command God. I don't get it. You know, I, it's probably some of the way some of us were brought up. You know, you were brought up in a place where you just get up and begin to decree. Oh, I understand the place of the believer's authority. I don't think I don't know what believer's authority means. I understand that God has given us authority to speak hello. Can you listen? When the Bible says we are given believers authority, guess who gave you that authority? God gave you that authority. Meaning that you can't use that authority against him. He gave you that authority to use against demons, to use against diseases, to use against Satan. Don't come and use that authority against God when you pray. God, I command you to do this. Hello, is God your robot? You think God is saying to you, yes, master. When you say, God, I command you to give me that admission. Yes, master. God, I command you to give me that food. Yes, master. God is not your robot. He has given you authority. means that authority ultimately belongs to him. You can't use your authority as a believer against God. You dare not command God in prayer. You, you don't command God in prayer. God, if you don't do it, I will backslide. Though. If you don't do it, I will stop paying my time. If you don't do it, I will go into the world. Who are you? You don't come to God implied. In arrogance, in prayer. 
Use your authority against the devil, against demons, against situations, not against God. A prayer of humility is a prayer that is effective. When you pray, one of the ingredients that you need to keep in mind that makes your prayer effective is that your prayer must not be for sure. Hello? Your prayer must not be for sure. I'm going to read the book of Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus was teaching us about how not to pray. You know, in teaching how to pray, the approach that our Lord took was to teach us how not to pray. Then he now gave us a pattern of prayer. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 5. It said, see, the uh, the Pharisees, the hypocrites, they also pray. But when you pray, you don't pray like them. Hmm? It says, and when you pray, you shall not pray like the hypocrites. <laughs> you know I like this verse. This verse says something we don't like. The Bible says even the hypocrites pray. Hello? So it's not everybody that you see praying is a righteous person. You know, over time, we tend to draw conclusions about practice, not about principles. Jesus was teaching principles here. And he's telling you, don't copy the practice of those who practice the principle wrongly. Because you see a lot of people doing something good in a bad way doesn't mean that that something good is a bad thing. Prayer is a good thing, but there are people who pray badly. Don't copy them. That's what Jesus was saying here. He said, the hypocrites, they also pray. Don't pray like them. Why? He said, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. He said, the reason they pray the way they do is for sure. To be seen by men. They are doing it to impress people. So if you are praying to impress people, forget it. See what the Bible says in the next uh, statement. It said, Verily I said unto you, they have their reward. If all you want to do is for men to see you while you are praying, no problem, you get a reward. Your reward is with men. Don't think God is going to reward that prayer. Don't think God is going to answer that prayer. You have got your reward already because people clapped for you. They saw how you were doing your gymnastics as you were praying. How you were doing, you know, you just raising your voice, going down, jumping, you know, flying around. It's okay. He said, if all you do is to impress the people, God has uh, given your reward to the people. Let the people reward you. And we know the limits of the reward of men. At best, they clap for you. At best, they say, ah, that brother can pray. It's a praying machine. After the praying machine, that's all. You get no result. That's, and that's why this is so painful. You hear a lot of people, they have reputation as prayer warriors. But when you look at their lives, you're wondering, where is all the prayer? What has happened to all the prayers? Where has all the prayer gone? They got their rewards. They got their reward. Because they were praying to be seen. Listen to what the Bible says. It said they pray where in the synagogues. The only time they pray is when they are in church. If the only time you pray is when you are in church, you have not started praying. Hello? He said the only time they pray is when they are at the street corners. They only pray where there is a camera. You know, many people, during the NSAS protest, you know, there was, there was a prayer walk um, that was part of the NSAS protest too. There were some Christians that went to join the prayer walk, not because they wanted to pray. It's because they knew that camera was following them. 
Do you understand? So if the only time you pray is when prayer comes with publicity, the only time you pray is when you are being invited to come and pray on an altar. You are not ready. You are not yet ready. You are doing it for the reward that the people will give to those that they perceive to be prayerful. That's not how to pray effectively. If you are going to pray effectively, you need to reach down and see what the Lord was teaching us about prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And we will come there next week by the grace of God. Next week will be dedicated to answering questions about prayer. We will raise different kinds of questions on prayer and we will answer them from this book of Matthew chapter 6 and other passages in scriptures. So when you want to pray effectively, you want to pray and get results, forget about the people. Forget what? About the people. That's why when Jesus would pray, most of the time he would run away from the people. The Bible says he will withdraw himself into an isolated place. A place where there is no camera. A place where there is no brother that's going to be saying, ah, he's been gone for so long. A place where there are no people clapping. He says, see the way he's vibrating in the place of prayer. See the way he's doing to it, to it in the place of prayer. It's not about those people. The Bible says he will withdraw himself. He doesn't want to be seen so that he can be seen by God in heaven. He wanted to concentrate on the Father when he's praying. I'm going to share one more insight on the attributes of effective prayer. He wants to pray a prayer that is effective. That prayer must be by faith. Many times we pray, we are just praying mechanically. At best, sometimes we are praying mentally. We are praying logically. We are not praying by faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'm going to read the book of um, let me, so, okay, since I'm still in the book of Matthew I'm going to flip to Matthew 21 first before going to James Matthew 21 I'm going to read verse 22 this was a statement by the master himself listen to what he said he said and whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive I read it again Jesus speaking he says and whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive before i make further statements i'm going to read the book of james james chapter one i'm going to read verse six and seven says if anybody lacks wisdom let him ask but no don't ask anyhow he says such a person let him ask in faith i'm reading verse six of chapter one of the book of james but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the lord he's a double-minded man unstable in all his ways how come we pray a lot and see so little results many of our prayers are not born on the wings of faith we pray even we we are not expecting that the answer will come how do you prove to me that you are expecting an answer is how you behave after praying what kind of preparation do you make after praying you have just prayed lord jehovah this year 2021 i'm trusting you for admission to so 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 school and after praying that prayer you didn't go to buy jam from after praying that prayer you didn't go to buy your uh, gce from after praying that prayer you didn't set a timetable for reading you are not ready Mm -mm. you are not ready oh lord i'm trusting you this year that i will get my dream job after praying that prayer you didn't go online and start searching for jobs 
You didn't go online and start dropping your application. You didn't go online and see how you can make your CV better. You are not ready to pray. Your prayer has to be backed up with action that proves that you believe what you were praying about. Without faith, your prayer is empty. A lot of us just pray for the sake of praying. Prayer is not just one of those things you do to tick the box. When we pray, something happens. And you better believe it. Because those who don't believe it don't get nothing out of it. Are you going to pray an effective prayer this year? Remember these three points. No, they are not the only attributes about effective prayer. But that's what time can permit me to take today. Because I need to focus on today's topic. I don't want to carry over to this topic. I want to exhaust it. Why do we pray? Why should we pray? This is the topic for today. Why should we pray? Turn your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 14. John chapter 14, I'm going to read verse 13. I think we read this last week. I'm going to read it again. I want to emphasize a particular point there. The Bible speaking, Jesus himself teaching in the book of John chapter 14. In verse 13, the Lord said to us, And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know, we're teaching last week about praying in the name of Jesus. So we read this scripture. But there's something else I want to bring up from this. Listen. It says, why should I answer your prayer? And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. The ultimate purpose of prayer is to give God glory. Hello, I need you to write that down. If you understand this truth, if you understand the truth, it will change your view about prayer. Because there are times you will pray and you will not get the result you want. But the result you will get should glorify God. That is the ultimate purpose of prayer. When we pray, sometimes we have our own desires. And we come to the place of prayer and we begin to kabash, we begin to drum, we begin to blow in tongues. Hello? That prayer you are praying, if the purpose is to glorify God, it will be answered. And the way it will be answered, we also glorify God. With or without your consent. And that's why we get disappointed sometimes. Because sometimes what glorifies God, we don't think that it edifies us or it blesses us. It does. It's just that you have prioritized your own objective above the objective of prayer, which is to give God glory. What are you talking about, pastor? Are you saying that God doesn't have glory, we give him glory? Oh no, God has glory. What I mean is that your prayer should reveal another fragment of the glory of God. You know, we know in parts as believers. We prophesy in part. No matter how hard you have worked with God, you don't know all about God. The more you walk with him, the more you see him. And they say you walk with God with prayer. Hmm? It's one of the ways you walk with God. The more you walk with God, the more you see dimensions of his glory. Dimensions of his power. Dimensions of his grace and greatness. Dimensions of his goodness. As we walk with him, then we begin to unveil, unveil, unveil different aspects of his glory. Our prayer it's not to show how powerful we are. You know, when you are called up to come and pray, ah, 
a situation has happened here. A situation has happened. Let's go call the man of God. Let him come and pray. Because we have heard about his fame. When he prays, something happens. When he prays, mountains move. And you to your head is swelling. That's not the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is not to glorify the man of God. It's to glorify God. It's to point people to God. It's to say to people, this is not by my power. This is not by my might. It is by the hand of God that he will receive the glory. We, 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 we run into trouble because we want to take that glory. And we begin to, to disobey him when he says, do it like this. We want to do it in another way. Because we feel that in doing it in our own way, people will see how powerful you are. Elijah understood this. That is not about him. He was to be taken up by chariots of fire later. But he understood that the ability to pray and get results was not about him. It's to glorify God. The book of 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to read verse 36 to 38. Listen to what Elijah said. The Bible says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant, 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 and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. The purpose of the prayer that Elijah prayed, the prayer that brought down fire, was not to make Elijah an icon. It was to make God glorified before his people. It was to bring God so much glory that the people will turn back to God. Is that what we see today? When you pray today and something happens, don't you feel that the credit belongs to you? You know, you start pointing. Have you not known my name? Have they not told you? Did you not read it in the news? That I'm Elijah, the man that prayed and fire came from heaven. Have they not put it on the poster? I'm not coming to that program if it's not on the poster. That when I prayed the last time, heaven opened and fire came. Because God has started using you in your family, you have started praying. God is giving you revelations. God is working through you. You begin to feel that that power belongs to you. That's not how to use the power of prayer. The power of prayer is to glorify God. The purpose of prayer is to glorify God. Elijah understood that. Even our Lord Jesus Christ, John chapter 11. John chapter 11, when he went to the house of Lazarus to pray, to bring back a man who had been dead. You know, when they came to call him and say, Master, your friend is sick. He said, don't worry. This one is not unto death. It's to glorify God. When he eventually died, and the Lord had already known that he had died, he still went there and listen to, to what he said in the book of John chapter 11. I'm going to read verse. Let me start from 40. Jesus said to her, that is speaking to uh, the sister of, of Lazarus, Martha, said to Martha, said, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. <laughs> Jesus knew what was going to happen. You know, Jesus knew that he was going to bring um, Lazarus back from the dead that day. He knew. He knew he was going to pray. And you also see here that he prayed. But he was telling matter ahead of time. 
This is not about anybody. It's not about me. It's not about Lazarus. It's not about you, his sisters. It's about God. It's about glory. And I've told you, calm down. You will see the glory of God. You will see the glory of God. So the prayer that he was going to pray there was not to, to make Jesus the star. Oh yes, he deserved to be the star because he was God incarnate. But in a broader application, so it was not about fame. It was to give God glory. It was to give credit to God. And so Jesus continued and said, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, listen, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That means he had prayed before coming there. Hello. Shh, shh, shh. Don't say I told you. Hmm? You see, sometimes you see men of God, we come on, on the altar and pray. Or we go to a place and pray and something happens. <laughs> That's not the first prayer you actually pray many of the times. Many of the times we have labored in the place of prayer before coming out. So when you now pray, the honor that God gives to your public praying is an acknowledgement of what you have done in the secret place. Hello? The power you wield in the public place is an acknowledgement of the time you are putting in the secret place where no man was watching. At that time when you sat with your Bible and you began to say, Lord, these things that you walked in, I want to walk in them. And he began to give you instruction. He began to cut things away from your life. The evidence is what you see when you go in the public. So when Jesus was going to pray in the public, Jesus had already prayed in the private. See what he said. I thank you that you have heard me. <laughs> and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this. That they may believe that you sent me. And now when he has said these things, he cried with a loud voice. That is, he prayed. <laughs> Before he prayed, he had prayed. Are you with me? Are you following me? Before he prayed in the public, he had prayed in the private. He prayed with a loud voice, saying, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with the clothes. Jesus said to them, Lose him and let him go. I don't understand this miracle. I have read and prayed about this miracle many times. I still don't understand it. You see, somebody was dead. You know, when somebody dies, they put them in a, in a horizontal position. They lie down. You know, they don't, they don't put them standing up, you know. They put him lying down. The stone was only rolled up. Nobody went inside. The place was smelling so much. Nobody wanted to go inside and help him out. The Bible says, at the mention of that prayer, Lazarus comforts him. The Bible says, the man who was dead, he came by himself. How he made himself erect, I don't understand. Don't ask me. How he was able to walk with legs that have been bound, hands that have been bound, face that have been bound. How he managed to see the road. I don't understand. That's what prayer can do. The fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. I don't know the enablers that followed that word. But as that word went into the tomb, there was a realm of possibilities that cannot be explained by logic. That's what prayer does. But you got to understand like Jesus that the purpose of that prayer is to glorify God. So that people will give God the glory and not man. And not man. In the book of Acts chapter 3, you know, when uh, Peter and John were going to the gate called Beautiful, and they healed the man who was crippled. And, you know, people began to wonder what's going on here. Peter told them, he said, guys, it's not because we are holier than other people. He said, these things you see, look at us very well. We are normal people like you. It's not because of our holiness that this has happened. Because sometimes, too, 
People feel that, oh, because God is answering my prayer, that means I must be so holy. <laughs> yes, God requires holiness from us. But it's not because you are so holy that your prayers get answered. It's because God wants to be glorified. Hello? It's not about you. Tell somebody it's not about you. It's not about you. It's because God wants to be glorified when we pray. The ultimate purpose of prayer is to glorify God. But that purpose comes with other benefits. Hello? That purpose comes with benefits. And how, how else can we do this except by looking at the pattern of the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. We want to quickly look at the pattern of his prayer and the benefit of praying that follow this pattern of prayer. Are you with me? Get ready to write. Number one, open your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 3. I'm going to be reading a lot today. Luke chapter 3 verse 21 to 22. Luke chapter 3. Verse 21 to 22. Okay. The Bible says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Spirit, Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. First thing I want you to keep in mind as a pattern of prayer is that Jesus prayed at the very beginning of his earthly ministry. The Bible says it was not only Jesus that was baptized, but it was only him that was recorded as praying here. Hello? The Bible says when he was baptized, he prayed. He prayed at the beginning of his ministry work. I don't know the place that you are in your life right now. This is the beginning of the year. This is a good time to what? To pray. Are you just entering school? Is a time to pray. Are you just entering into a relationship? It is a time to pray. Are you just entering a job? It is a time to pray. Anytime you are beginning something new, is a time to pray. Because you are acknowledging that you cannot do that journey with your strength. That you need God to help you. Even Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate, prayed. Who are you to not need prayer? Who are you? To not need prayer. To just think you start anything anyhow. I will just start it. It's not just to enter school. Eh? I will enter school. Eh? Have you not heard about people who enter school? They don't know whether they are still in school or they are outside of school. Till today, 10 years after. For a 4 year course. They don't know. It is not just to enter. It is what you use your entering to do that matters. There are people who have entered school and run mad. Have you not heard? You've not heard of people who are doing well before they entered that school. As they got to that school, their head became dull. You have not heard. You have not heard of people who enter school and they became blind. You have not heard. You have not heard about people who enter school and met and they had an encounter with Jesus and their life were revolutionized because they entered. They entered right. It is not about the course you went to study. It's about how you enter. It's about how you enter. Many of us, the courses we are studying, they, in fact, our parents told us to study it. But there is a place where it is written concerning you the bible says concerning jesus and when he opened to a place where it was written concerning him about his purpose everything changed from that moment i don't have time to go into all that today but what i want to underscore is that at the beginning of the ministry of jesus he prayed he prayed what i noticed was that when you prayed heaven opened today you are wanting heaven to open and you think it's by doing another thing you go go back to the example pray See if heaven will not open. 
The Bible says, as Jesus prayed, heavens opened. May heaven open concerning you this year in the name of Jesus. May you not labor under a closed heaven this year in the name of Jesus Christ. And move on in the same book of Luke. I'm going to turn to chapter 6. I'll read verse 12 and 13. Matthew chapter 6. The Bible says, I mean, Luke chapter 6, I beg your pardon. 12 and 13. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountains to pray. And continued all night in prayer to God. This one is deep, oh Lord. Should I say it? Hmm. All night to pray. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. The Bible says, (laughs) Jesus went out in the night to go and pray all night. All night. It came to pass that in those days, that he went out to the mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer to God I don't want to talk about what young people do all night now I don't want to talk about it people stay all night to watch a season film on Netflix people stay all night to watch pornography you have not known is that me? yes I said it people stay all night to play game to play PS5 all night People stay all night to masturbate. Eh. But Jesus spread all night unto God. No wonder his, his ministry was full of power. Full of power. Because there is a benefit that goes with praying. Dedicating your time to prayer. Isolating yourself to pray. He withdrew himself. But that's, that's not even the meat of this verse. The Bible says he did that. Then in the morning, he began to choose those who will be his closest allies. Among the many disciples, he chose the twelve. The twelve that he called apostles. Those he will send to go and represent him. How do you choose your friends? How do you choose those who you call allies? Those you call bodies? Your best friends. How do you choose your besties? And now I understand this the bestie means something else. I'm not saying that general bestie. I'm talking about best friend. How do you choose them? Jesus. After praying, he chose. Many of us have chosen friends that have killed us. Because we have neglected the place of prayer. You don't you don't enter relationship anyhow. You don't just see somebody I like. I want to start a relationship with the person anyhow. You do it prayerfully. You do it prayerfully. You do it early. You begin to pray about it early. Many of us young people listening today, maybe some are married, but for my teenagers, many of you, maybe if I add 5 to 10 years to your age now, you will be at this junction I'm, I'm talking about. A place where you need to be praying. Lord, who is that man? Lord, who is that woman? It's not to be entered into anyhow. It's not to start with what you people call law of attraction. Mm-mm. Law of attraction can attract you to those that will cut your neck. Some people have been attracted to people that use them for rituals. They were attracted. May you not be attracted to those who will destroy your destiny in the name of Jesus. May you not be attracted to those who will make you derail in life in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Oh, someone, someone will, will tell me, okay, but even after Jesus prayed, he chose Judas. Yes, he chose Judas so that the glory of God will be revealed. That's what we are talking about. If he didn't choose Judas, who was going to betray him? If they didn't betray him and kill him, who would have known that God would be glorified when he makes him to resurrect from the dead? After the third day. Hello? Everything is working together for good. Even choosing Judas by the Spirit after prayer was part of the things that glorify God. And that's what we are talking about. Some things that glorify God doesn't make you feel good. But be contented when he's glorified. You know, I, I, there's, a, there's a song by Nathan Abbas. It says, take the stage, Lord. Have your way. I'm just a vessel. Nothing more. When you are done, take all the glory. I'm satisfied when you are glorified. I am satisfied when you are glorified. We've got to grow into that point where we are satisfied. Even when the outcome doesn't glorify you. As long as it glorifies God. That's the purpose of prayer. And that's where your own benefit lies. That's where your benefit is. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. I don't have time to read a lot of more scriptures today. I'm just going to mention them. And I'll enjoy you to go and read them. Luke chapter 5 verse 15 to 16. The Bible says, even when Jesus had become a star, Jesus was already doing plenty of miracles by that time. He still found time, as his habit was, to isolate himself and go and pray. Many of us who have not even blown, you can't pray. God has answered one small prayer. You have entered school. After you enter school, you say, you know what? I'm not in this school to become a prayer warrior. I'm in this school to face my book. I know. You will face your book. Ah, by the way, some of us, we face our book and face God. And today, we are not bad. God has been faithful. God has been kind and faithful. Who told you, if you follow a life of prayer, that you will be dull on campus? Who told you that? Who told you that lie? That if you embrace God, that you will be put to shame? Who told you that lie? Who told you? He was a star. He was popular. He was known everywhere. He could not walk freely in the streets. Read your Bible. Go and read that Luke. Read that book of Luke chapter 5. He was so popular, he cannot walk openly. But yet, he will sneak out to go and pray. Sneak out to go and pray. That's what our master did in prayer. That was his pattern of prayer. And we saw the evidence in his life. Jesus, he prayed ahead of trouble. Jesus did what? He prayed ahead of trouble. In the book of Luke chapter 22, if you read from verse 39 to 51, in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed. He prayed. The Bible says he prayed so much. The sweat coming from his body was like droplets of blood. Have you been in that kind of prayer? Like this is um, growing up, this is what they used to call tachology. A prayer that you know that if God doesn't help you, you are finished. You know, being Jesus, being who he was, he knew what was ahead. He knew that without the encouragement that comes when we pray, that he cannot face that cross. He was begging God, Lord, if there be another way, please use this that is coming. It's too big for me. But however, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And he kept praying. He kept sweating. You see, what, what marvels me in this place is that it took James, Peter, and John to go and pray with him. The Bible said they were sleeping. <laughs> and he warned them. He warned them. He said, pray that you don't enter into temptation. Pray. 
that you know in time to temptation. If you read that Luke chapter 22 again, you will see them. They pray that you know in time to temptation. They didn't hear. They didn't hear. So when temptation came, by the time the, the, the officers, the soldiers came and they arrested Jesus, before you knew what was happening, somebody already cut another person's ear. <laughs> you see, this is what happens when you fail to pray. At the moment of temptation, you resort to logic. Your human instincts take over. But Jesus, because he had prayed, he said, ah, ah, no, 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 no. Allow me to even heal here. Please. Can you permit me to heal? And he just touched the ear of the servant of the priest. And the Bible says, that ear was made whole again. Why? He had prayed. There are things ahead in the year 2021 that if you don't pray now, you will not be able to bear them. Ah, I'm not prophesying doom. I'm not. Listen to me. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There are things in this year that if you do not pray well now, you will not be able to bear. Hello? There are still things that have not unfolded. It's just like they are opening chapters and chapters. You saw 2020 and you were praying, Oh Lord, let 2020 go. Eh, 2020 has gone. But 2020 and 2021, they are in the same textbook. It's just a page. 2020 is a page in that book. Don't be deceived because the calendar has changed. We are still in the season. You need prayer like never before. Like never before. But Jesus speaking to themselves, pray that you don't enter into temptation. Pray. Some of you this year, if you do not pray, when those things come, they will shake you off. May the Lord keep you. May you not be blown away by the wind of adversity. May you not be blown away by persecution and tribulation. May you not be blown away by adverse condition, global pandemic, global adversity. May you not be blown away by it. Pray. So that in the day of adversity, you have strength. Pray. That's what Jesus did. You need to pray because the days are evil. You've got to redeem them. Jesus prayed so much. He prayed all through his life. He thought about prayer. He was not just a teacher of prayer. He was a doer of prayer. In fact, one time, Jesus was angry and he, 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 he expressed it passionately was when people wanted to turn a house of prayer to a house of merchandise. That's to tell you how important prayer is to Jesus. The Bible says he, he made a whip and he, he beat them out. He threw away there. He overthrew the table of those who were selling doves and lambs. Why? He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. He was a man of prayer. Even on the cross, on the cross, the last thing he did was to pray. Say, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It is finished. He prayed even on the cross. He prayed for God to forgive people. He prayed, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. It was a man that was given to prayer. So if Jesus prayed, who are you not to pray? Who am I not to pray? If you are not praying, that, that means you are telling me you are relying on another power. I don't have any other power. If you are going to survive your Christian race, if you are going to survive in this life, you must be a man of prayer. I know you will tell me about unbelievers who are not men of prayer. You don't want to know what they are going through to sustain their success. The so-called success they have. You don't know what they are going through to sustain it. You can't go through it. I don't have any other power. I have to subscribe to his own. 
And even when Jesus had finished his earthly ministry, he has not stopped praying. Why should I stop? The book of Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 23 and 25. The Bible says that Jesus, that same Jesus, that our high priest is still in the place of prayer. Interceding for us. Interceding. He didn't just pray on earth for himself. In John chapter 17, you saw I was praying for the disciples. And those of us who would come and join that train, he prayed for all of us. But when he died, he still continued to pray. If you read the book of 1 John chapter 1, if you read 1, um, no, 1 John chapter 2, if you read verse 1 and 2, you will see that the Bible was talking about the issue of sin. And this is for those of you who, who preach um, that um, once you are a Christian, you cannot sin again. Um, you, you cannot backslide, nothing can happen to you. Jesus, I mean the word of God here speaking, was from the mouth of John, the beloved. He was writing to his little children. He said, little children, I write to you that you do not sin. But if anyone sins, he was not writing to unbelievers, he was writing to believers. That is, because of their stage in the faith, sinning was something that was bound to happen, could happen, but we should not make a decision to make happen. So he was speaking to them that if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who is pleading our cause. So Jesus is still in the ministry of interceding, praying for the saints. So don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. There are many reasons you should pray. And Jesus epitomizes all those reasons. When we pray, things happen. When we pray, God is glorified. Do you want to bring God glory? Do you want the world to see dimensions of God that will make them marvel? Embrace the life of prayer. And I pray that your prayers will get results. In the name of Jesus Christ. Follow the principles. Next week, by the grace of God, we will press on further. There are many questions that I've been, I've been thinking about. There are many questions I've heard about concerning prayer. We are going to raise those questions next week and begin to answer them. I know that you will be blessed. If you have been blessed by this message, please send it to somebody. Uh, if you'd like to get a copy of this message, please leave a message for us on Mixelar. We will get across to you on how you get the message. Invite others. It is our year of divine mercy. Mercy relies on us being in the place of prayer. Hmm? Pray and the Lord will show you great mercy this year in the name of Jesus. God bless you and see you next week. Listen to the announcements that come immediately after this. You are blessed. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 stroke 42 Imam Dauda Street of Eric Mosso Lagos. God bless you.